This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds. Allow me to spend some time with you discussing pets, pet care, and everything in between. Today's topic is uh, pet stores and pocket pets. As a child during the 1950s, my parents indulged my sister and two brothers with all sorts of pets. Of course, we had a family dog and a bunch of outside cats whose population ranged from 2 to 20, but we also had many unconventional pets. My dad always had at least one aquarium with pretty fish and big snails. But we also had ducks, guinea pigs, chameleons, and even painted turtles. With regard to the painted turtles, maybe some of my listeners can remember having these small turtles that we housed in a round plastic pan-like container with a ramp leading up to a small island in the middle of the plastic container with a palm tree, plastic palm tree, sticking up in the middle. We fed them lettuce and turtle food. Unfortunately, we weren't given adequate care instructions, and the poor things did not live very long. And nowadays, the risk of salmonella from turtle feces has led to their disappearance as pets. Knowing how to care for unusual pets was a mystery to most families, and I dare say the pet stores are not very helpful because they didn't know either. Apparently, this is still a problem in many, but not all, pet stores. So much so that in New York, the state passed a law that requires pet store dealers and retailers to provide written instruction on proper care for small animals to the purchasers. The law includes species from small animals like mice, rats, rabbits, ferrets, gerbils, and guinea pigs to amphibians and reptiles like snakes, frogs, and lizards. The literature must include recommendations for the general accepted care of the animal obtained from reliable sources such as veterinarians, associations established for preserving reptiles, or pet industry organizations representing pet retailers. The information must include guidelines for housing, equipment, sanitation, environment, feed and watering, handling, and veterinary care for that animal in question. The AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association, thinks that this law is the first of its kind in the United States. What surprised me when I came across this article was that a law had to be made, and it was the first one in the country, and it's 2016. Usually laws like this are created because there was a need in order, in this case, to protect the animals, and pet stores were not providing that need on their own. I can certainly attest to that back in the 1950s. I went to a pet store in the Bangor area where exotic animals were sold to see what they do for client education. I was pleased to see a rack that contained pamphlets that had information for the animals sold in the store. I grabbed the mouse, rat, guinea pig, and ferret pamphlet and looked them over. The literature covered diet, feeding, housing, habitat maintenance, behavior, and even signs of illness and personal hygiene recommendations. I felt the new pet mouse and ferret owner had enough accurate information to get started in the right direction in proper care of these exotic species. Why New York felt the need to make a law to help exotic pet owners is beyond me. At least the pet store in the Bangor area is doing its job. I recommend that if you are a parent that is thinking about getting an exotic pet, pick up some literature and study up on what is needed to keep their pet healthy before you get one. This is Dr. John Hunt for Pet Sounds on WERU. Thank you for listening. Remember, enjoy your pet and don't forget to give them a hug.